Welcome to the Osteo Connection, the number one podcast for osteopaths looking to expand their minds and improve their practice. I'm Kevin Longpray. I'm Jason Turnbull. And I'm Dr. Sean Landry. And if you're new here, welcome. This show is dedicated to bridging the gap between your formal education and real-world practice success. Join us every week where we share our combined 50 years of practice experience, talk tips, strategies, and interview rock stars in the business. Welcome back, everyone. This is the OC. The OC. I have J-Bone Termal to my left. What? what? And Dr. <laughs> Doogie Hauser to my right. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Landry. The whiz kid. I'm glad to be back. I, I missed out on the last one, boys. Oh, boy. Oh, that missed procedure. Out. You missed out on a lot, my friend. Oh, did I really? Yeah. yeah, we definitely gave it to you last time. Yeah. We were, uh, no, tastefully, <laughs> okay. tastefully. Yes. Yeah. I'm sure. All so above. we have a competition going on. We didn't tell you about it, but uh, we have people guessing on what procedure you left the clinic for yeah. last Friday. A lot <laughs> My of procedure. A lot of uh, vasectomies. And, uh, answer. Yeah. I don't even know if I can read off the replies <laughs> to what you had done. There were a few. Uh, yes. So we had people everything very from people. hair plugs. <laughs> hair plugs? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> we had everything. Cool. Vasectomy. Yeah. Haircut, which is yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, close. Yeah, yeah. I can't say the other Manny Petty, Manny Petty, Manny right? Petty, yeah. Manny yeah. Petty. Yeah, well, there's a couple uh, nose hair removals. Yeah, some appendix, appendix, appendix. Yeah, spleen, splenectomy. <laughs> yeah, splenectomy. Just uh, <laughs> club <Yeah>. foot, <laughs> liver transplant. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, well, it was it was just a regular. What was it? Tooth was extraction. It? Oh. oh, we didn't even know. Mm. We were way off. Yeah, we tooth extraction. Off. Yeah, I had a. God. I had a fracture of a tooth like six years ago, and my crown fell off in the last like few months, and then, lo and behold, at some point, my the underlying tooth got a nice crack in the middle of it and got an infection and that was the next step. So, so have you resolved your anger issues or that is yet to be resolved. Uh, okay. So right. He did tell me to, my dentist said, you better start working on your mental, mental game because you're, uh, cr- <laughs> you're clenching. Get a mouth guard or bite on a stick. before yeah, you're exactly. Yeah. I had a mouth guard. Mm-hmm. It broke. It broke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Cleaning it though. It's not even oh. like I was actually like, I didn't wake up to a broken one. I was cleaning it and it just kind of snapped like a twig. Because I was so angry as I was cleaning it. Because of the beatings <laughs> you put on it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so wow. I'm I'm not sure if I should. Well, I should probably go get another one. Probably a good idea. I might try the the uh, the pharma the, the pharmacy brand for the next one. Mm. I'm yeah. gonna see what the difference Mixed is. Reviews on that. What's the thirty dollar pharmacy would, one? Would you like or my the, old hockey? Or, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm trying to think. Do I do the thirty thirty five dollar pharmacy one, or do mm. the eight hundred and eighty dollar dental one? Yeah, that everyone gets prescribed. Dude, you could do the stick thing. Like, just put a stick in your mouth and tape it to your head. Yeah. Or just tape your mouth shut. Start breathing through your nose. True. And journal before bed so you get rid of those that anger. (laughs) Or maybe you got to figure out your anger thing. Well said. We could do it live. Yeah, but figure out the anger. Should we do it right now? Should we do it the anger thing and see? They have to stop the podcast. (laughs) Longer part of a business. Is that (laughs) is that what's doing it? (laughs) Well, there's a lot of mom jokes in here. Oh, and is I'm, there a lot? I'm kind of holding it in, but I'm starting to wonder, like, you know, oh, that's where it stems from. Mm. I'm sorry. 
So why oh, would my mom's cookies are so good? Oh, my mom's cookies are so good. <laughs> no one's asked me my mom's cookies. You know. Well, speaking of your mom, we did talk about your mom when you were here. So I'm Great. just saying. Great patient. You covered all the bases. Yeah, yeah she's. Yeah, that's. <laughs> let's just we'll skip to the next uh, segment. Well, the next segment. Oh, hold on. Was, on that note, though, hold on. Someone. Yeah, we yes. did because yes. the one podcast that I missed, Sean dropped the ball because we were supposed to ask you because mm-hmm. the one that you missed, we told them that you would share the story of your near your death, death experience. experience on your because you were trip. gone on your fishing trip. Oh. When we, had the, we had the last podcast, so our audience would like to know. Wow, how did Kevin almost die? Oh, wow. Well, <laughs> so you got a picture. We are. Nine hours north of Montreal, mm-hmm. three hours away from any civilization. <laughs> That's like not being like nine hours north of Miami no, or right. nine hours north of like London. This is like being like yeah. six hours north of humanity. They're Canadian, just animals. Canadian wilderness. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. you, uh, you Aussies over there, you Australians over there. Uh, hey, they know what we're talking about. You know it's what like we're talking about. It's like you're in the outback. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Something like that. <laughs> That's a terrible accent. Something like that. <laughs> You could work on that. That's we apologize for when we come over to <laughs> all the kangaroos. We we're well, really sorry. Yeah. We are very sorry. Close. So yeah, the, the so, beaver. The beavers apologize. <laughs> we're uh, so you got a picture. We're we're three boats, two people per boat, and uh, the way it worked is we were there early season. So when it's early season, the fish are like upstream. So we we go upstream and we're fishing up until lunch, and then everyone decided, okay, we're gonna go back and have lunch, and then come back after. So I'm in the boat with my buddy's dad, who's an avid hunter, fisher, outdoorsman, like, anyway, so... Terrible driver. Yeah. <laughs> as, as we're about as to learn. we'll see. <laughs> so we're in the boat, and, and driving out there, I started noticing, I go, hey, man, uh, you realize there's, there's water in the, the boat. And go, oh, yeah, don't worry about it. And this is the morning. This is the morning. Are you drinking yet? No. Yes. <laughs> I was, but not him. Not the driver. Just to make that clear, I was not driving. He was. Though. Okay. And in retrospect, that maybe I should have been. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're, we, he says, he goes, yeah, don't worry. We're going to, French-Canadian accent, you know, he's, we're going to pull the plug, you know. and Don't water. worry, we're going so to pull the plug. For those of you that have never fished, which, and I, wanna, I don't want to be like, pretend like I'm an avid fisher. I'm not. Fisherman, I'm not. I just like going out there for the, the experience. fun of it. Anyway, so he's driving the boat. I'm at the front of the boat in this, you know, this little plastic chair. We call them chaloupes here. Chaloupe. Mm. Chaloupe. So he's driving and pulling the plug, and the water as you're driving will actually just drain out, and then you put the plug back. So when we leave for lunch, we're in these more narrow kind of uh, rivers leading back up to the the bigger lake, right? Call flaw in your story. You said it was the first thing in the morning. Now it's lunchtime. I'm confused. Well, so he's on the way back now. Driving oh, up. Oh, yeah. First okay, thing. okay. Yeah. So, the, so as we're going back, we're the first to leave. Actually, no. So one other boat leaves, and then we're second. And we're, we're driving, but I'm facing him. So my back is to where we're going. I have no idea. I can't see where we're going. So <laughs> he, I, I keep two, no- two things. You can't see, and you can't see. Right. I keep noticing he's looking at that plug again. He goes, ah, the water's bothering him. You know, he wants to take that water out. So... He keeps trying to pull on it, but it, it's like stuck. So the more he's struggling with it, the more he starts pulling the handle of the motor so the boat starts swerving. But, you know, I'm not noticing how much he's swerving <laughs> until the boat behind us is waving frantically like what something's wrong. So I'm like, okay, 
there's sharks in this lake <laughs> or, or there's maybe a bear, a but none of that. Big moose. I turn around to look and we're probably about 10 feet away from the shoreline, which is basically rock and trees. So basically I just kind of turned around, crossed my arms and hoped for the best. Oh my <laughs> Tucked gosh. your head, right? Yeah. Close so we eyes. nailed the side. <laughs> my chair snapped. Like they seriously came thinking one of us was going to be dead. Wow. He flew from, so this is like a 12 foot boat. So he flew from his seat at the other end all the way onto, onto me. I had to pull my fish hook out of his head. So you, uh, broke, you broke his fall. You I saved broke his, his life. Fall. You saved his life. I he tried to life. kill you and you saved his life. Saved his life. And so, at the clinic, we upped our life insurance policies. We did. <laughs> So now every time we go fishing, I wear a helmet. He loves it. <laughs> and I have Kev sign a waiver. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's my uh, my fishing story. Nice. Uh, so uh, no one was injured, just his pride. And the and, seat. Uh, and I still make him pay for it today. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, So your dad still have glaucoma or what? That's you telling your I said, there was that one time you tried to kill me. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Uh, nice. Yeah, yes. yeah. All right. It's a lengthy intro. That was a t- very well, lengthy. If you're still with worth us. Worth it. Yeah, way worth it. Good yeah. laughs. Yes. Good laughs. Um, so, what's the topic today? The topic today is... Oh, what? Jay. I'm not sure you're going to remember. That's, I was, I was is it less is more? <laughs> do less to gain more. Oh, oh, do less to gain more. Even yeah. better. Yeah. And why? What, so How did we come up with this topic? Well, we today? came up with this topic doing our first ever... Yeah. Live masterclass. Yeah. Or right. Re- our re- retention re- week, reboot retention week. Very fun, by the way. It was awesome. Yeah. Very, very fun. Um, it was great. We we got to have some awesome people on there and exchange, got some great questions. One of which was was that was we the topic came up about uh you know, starting out in, in this business and uh trying to do too much uh to to basically get the results to, to impress the patient or to whatever, you know, get the results we want. And it, it kind of made us reflect on, on when we started out and, and how we were evolving with all that. And, you know, we always, we kind of came up with that, that concept of basically trying to do less, but do it well. Yeah. Um, because it is normal when we're starting out in this business uh, to be, you know, obviously a little bit less confident, let's say, when, when you're heading into to starting to treat people for the first time and, you know, you really want to do well and make sure that they feel better. So the, the one go-to is that, you know, we often tend to think like doing more techniques is going to... just do like 61 yeah. techniques yeah. today <laughs> and like, then I'm make sure, sure they'll be better. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, Which absolutely backfires because it's just, you, you end up doing a whole bunch of them half ass and then they don't even work but but i think of something also is even in our messaging and i want to change that a little bit is because we always say you know exceed expectations right but then with that a a lot of uh, again the young therapists think that they need to do more right they need to do more more and uh but it's what we've come to to realize is it's 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 the education and doing the things that, you know, when you're finding the root cause and you're explaining it to the patient and then you're focusing on those things and, and doing, like you say, doing actually less has more power. Right. 
So doing less, but then having more explanation. Yes. More yeah. communication with the patient, more understanding and explanation it, of what's and it's going not, on. And it's not necessarily doing less. It's that what you're doing, you're actually getting like a full response. Right. Right. Like you, like you said, you rush through it. Like, are you actually letting the balance point occur? Are you getting a true still point? Are you letting it fully finish? Are you following it afterwards? Like sometimes we get kind of stuck and we don't do that. I, 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 I feel it too. Like we're, you know, been practicing for 20 years, but sometimes I get up in my office and I start treating and, you know, we have days that are we're better than others to start off the day. And I'm like, you know what? I need to, I need to get a good one under my belt early. Like just a, a really nice release, like a full intentional, like, like release of a balance point or still point. Yes. To really, to kind of get you myself kind of grounded in that, in that right headspace. So, um, that's what I think we mean. It's not that you're doing less. It's that what you're doing, you're doing less techniques, but you're doing each technique better. Yep. And it's more intent. Precisely. And it's, and and then you, like you said, it's the communication with the client, but it's, it's a, to me, it's hilarious because every, I would argue almost every new grad comes out and tries to do too much. And we've had, we've had it here over the years, right? I'll, I'll have a newer, uh, you know, a recent hire say, uh, do you mind popping in for a sec just to see someone? I know, I know you're busy, but I just need your guidance and I'll go in and, you know, introduce myself to the client that's on the table. And okay. So, you know, what are you looking at? Well, they came in with the back stuff. So, uh, I've already cleared the head. Uh, I've done the pelvis stuff. Uh, the liver's been done. It was stuck side bent left. I did the liver. I did this. I did that. I balanced the diaphragms. I'm into this. I did a CV4 and I'm like, oh. pop their tail. Is <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. I said, okay, that's perfect. So then obviously like in front of the client, like that sounds really good. Yeah. Maybe you want to finish up with an integration here or there. And then I will, you know, pull them aside when I can at lunchtime or at the end of the day saying, listen, like, uh, you know, I, I love when you come ask. Your treatment me. was awful. <laughs> yeah. You should give a refund. <laughs> but we don't give those here. No, right. <laughs> so no. you're going to pay us. But I usually, that's, that's the perfect opportunity to t- t- pull them aside saying, listen, I, I, or, and the other thing is like, they book an hour, uh, an hour appoint, appointments with each client, but they put a 15 minute gap in between clients but they use a 15 minute gap to spend an hour and 15 minutes with their client. Yes. And it's just, they're trying to give too much. So I, that's the, that's the conversation we have. Listen, like I know your intent is really good, but that patient's going to, that client's going to walk out and feel like they got hit by a truck. Right. So you've been much better off just doing half of that with them understanding how treatments work with the dialogue we talked about throughout this reboot about communication and, and discussing the phases of care with them. You don't have to fix all the dysfunctions on day one because no. it won't work anyway. You they can't. won't hold. Right. So it's, it's the explanation of these phases of care and explaining to your client that in this acute phase, they might need to come once a week for a while to get the bigger things to go away. It's, it's opening up that conversation with the therapist first so they can then use that to actually provide the best kind of value for the clients, right? So would you guys agree then that most of these mistakes are due to fear of failure, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So the it's intentions due- are always great, right? Yeah, exactly. So but that- they want to prove. So what we're trying to show today is that, you know, it's important to regroup, to, to recognize that, okay, with every treatment with a new person, whether it's new person or, or someone coming back in, uh, to make sure that your, your game plan is set and that you respect that game plan, yeah. that you're not deviating because you you get sucked in by some, uh, pff, I don't know, the patient's going to come back and they're going to say, maybe I really didn't feel much change going on, right? So 
you have to be prepared for that to say like, listen, we, this is to be expected. It's normal. Because yes. you've had this issue. How long have you had it for? Okay, so now we're taking away some layers of things to make sure that we get you to a place where your body's going to be able to recuperate and repair itself efficiently and more frequently in the future. So these are things that are so important to teach the patient as well. So uh, we want to just emphasize that when you feel like you're being sucked into this frantic feeling of, oh my God, I, I better do something to show them that this is actually going to work, mm. you're going down the wrong path. Yeah. Totally. Calm yourself, collect yourself. And some other signs that you're, this is happening, you're constantly late. Constantly going over time, mm. constantly you know, making someone wait in the waiting room because you've given an extra 20 minutes to someone because you think doing more time an hour is with not them enough, but an hour is going to actually convert them to coming back. And Kev, it's actually a very easy way to drain yourself of, of your Completely, energy. Completely, right? yeah, absolutely. Um, so whenever I think about this, I just think about being brilliant at the basics. Right? Most of the things we do come back to the basics, whether it be communication, right? Listening, in, you know, listening intently to what the patient is telling you right? Understanding what their goals, wants are with respect to why they're there. And then, and then communicating the message to them as to how you can help them, what your role is going to be, what their role is going to be, right? And if you do that, this happens with practice, right? It definitely happens with practice. You get better at this. Um, but having this foundation of being brilliant at the basics, whether the basic techniques in osteopathy, the basic communication skills, being fully present, you know, we talked about this being on, um, and, and it, 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 yeah, because you'll drain your energy trying to be everything to everyone or do too much, uh, trying. So I know, again, I come back to this language we use that we call it the, you know, the, the wow, right? The wow factor. But when you're fully present and you're listening to the patient and then you're actually addressing their concerns, even if it's simple things. I had a new client the other day and it was, it was amazing. He, he would talk through and I just sat there and listened and he would explain to me, wow, I, I feel I, it's the same thing over and over again. I'm good. I exercise. I feel great. Then I stop and I start to feel bad. And I'm good. I exercise again, and it's right here. And I kind of just listen. I'm like, okay. I'm like, all right. Well, you saw this person. They did this. They're great. There's this. I'm like, so you told me what, what you've been doing throughout your life to feel good? I'm like, okay. You know, exercise? I'm like, do you think you could do that more regularly? He's like, yeah, I could. I'm like, okay. Because it really makes you feel good? Yeah, it makes me feel amazing. I'm like, okay. So... Anyway, it was so funny. We just talked to listen. He's like, he's like, I, I need exercise. I'm like, okay, great. So then I, I, I looked at what the physiotherapist had given him. I was like, those exercises are great. I said, yeah, I see a little th something with your SI joint that we can improve upon. And, I'm going to hammer that right now, actually. Yeah. And, and then <laughs> we're, we're going to jump on that right now. And, and, but honestly, it was in a, and I kind of just said, you're your best doctor. Did you hear what you said to me the entire session? Right? You kept coming back to this. That exercise is important to you. When you stop, you feel like shit. Through, right? and, through my... and and it was it was and he he laughed. He said, "Okay, you know, like." And I'm like, "So you're gonna? What are you gonna do when you leave here?" I'm gonna start doing my exercises, and I'm like, "Great, right?" You know? 
You gotta shame him into it. Yeah. Right. I'm like, I can so give you, I can give you a kick in the ass once in a while. So you're a doctor now. I think yeah. I heard you say that from my office. Actually, oh, he was. Not your doctor. But he actually so was. Now you're an almost a doctor. <laughs> but he, he actually was. <laughs> That's awesome. Which was, nice. which it was funny. He was a clinical psychologist. So, nice. and it was it was amazing. It, yeah. Well, half wow. doctor, but. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. For all you clinical psychologists, <laughs> full doctor. I'm sorry. Yeah. I think the big thing too is. Um, you know, when they try to do too much, it's about tempering ex- expectations or, or discussing the expectations from a treatment, right? So, you know, if someone comes in with a big uh, second degree dysfunction, I, I will quite often say, listen, like that, that's a bigger dysfunction. It changes, <laughs> it changes, you know, the way you're able to transmit forces to your body. So, you know, sometimes this has to be repeated, right? It's not like you, sometimes you, tr- you correct this vertebrae and it's going to, it's been stuck for, you know, 18 months and it's going to take one, one manipulation. It's no longer there anymore. So I, I, I set the expectations in my office saying this is really stuck. You know, typically with that, you'll get a shutdown of the, of the dural cord there. So you're, ta- you're working the attachments of the dura and I'll, I'll explain to them how this is a process. This is why you need, you know, several visits and it's not done in one time. And it's the same message we give to our therapists that have joined our team that how can you expect to, release the dural attachments properly and well from above, from below, treat the vertebrae, integrate it, strengthen everything. Like I, I, I would say, like, what is your expectation? Like what is the life cycle of this client? Like you think you're going to be done in like, you're not done in two treatments, three treatments anyway. So do less, explain more where you are. Sometimes it won't quite often. I don't even touch the second degree at T4 mm-hmm. the first day. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm explaining to them. I understand why your pain, your pain is here. This is what's going on outside of that. We need to release these elements so that when we make the correction, it has a, an access to actually stay there and maintain. But if we just create, just correct T4 and don't do anything else around it, that's why it keeps coming back. It's like not to throw chiropractors under the tables. I'm not doing that. But if you've had the same vertebrae manipulated 49 times, why is the 50th time going to work? Right. It's not like that. Right. It's like, it's like you need to treat around it and they're like, Oh yeah. And, but that's the discussion you have to have with your clients that if you don't do that and you don't see it as a whole thing and you, and you communicate that and set those expectations, you're setting yourself up for those difficult questions from your clients. They're going to walk back in saying, well, you know, I thought it was going to be okay, but you didn't tell them like this might need, might need to be repeated several times before it will actually truly hold. Well, I think you're bringing up a good point too. I think you're going to have more of a profound effect on on the the outcome of a patient with the words you use to act the actual techniques. And I want people to understand. Obviously, yes, you need to be good at your techniques. You need to be good at <clears throat> which ones you're doing and the game plan you have for a patient. Uh, but taking the time to explain this actually has more impact on the outcome of what yeah. the patient's going to have than than trying to cram in. And, 10,000 techniques in a, in a small amount of time. Um, I want to go back, because Sean, you mentioned something about energy. So like, <laughs> because it's true that the exchange of energy in a, an office is, is, is important. So that's why, you know, it's so important for us to uh, stick to these basics of communication and try to ex- give the proper explanation to the patient. Um, because going back to what you said, where the therapist feels like they're drained so that i think this is important to mention that should be the number one indicator that you're giving too much you're not sticking to what you know and what you should be telling the patient when you're drained going home every day that means you're either giving too much time or you're banking on too many uh techniques that you're trying to do to this 
to, to help this person out and you're not really, um, staying in your sweet spot. Yeah. You're, you're, you're not sticking to the game plan of, of the, the mix of doing what's right on that day for that person and how much they can handle. Cause you got to remember, you can't throw the kitchen sink at someone and expect them to, to integrate that properly. They can't handle it. You can't handle it. That's right. So what ends up happening is there is this draining of the therapist that happens when you give too much over and above. And I'm not saying we shouldn't be empathetic. That's not what I'm saying. No, no, you have to have have a barrier though between you and the client and and respect that. That's right. So when you do this and you apply these principles of, of, uh, you know, setting that game plan for that day and knowing, okay, I got to really look at the prioritization of what I'm working on today, explain it well, give them something to integrate it, um, and you'll see your energy level is going to skyrocket because you're not uh, draining yourself in order to get approval from your patient. What you're there for is to educate them. It has nothing to do with approval. They're going to go along with the process if you're being honest. You're telling them what's wrong, how we're going to fix it, what the game plan is moving forward and what their involvement in the process is. So this is a very, very important uh, thing to take note of because when you start to feel drained all the time, there's something wrong with what's happening in the office. It's funny. All of this makes me think of, I did a course uh, recently on context, right? And drop they, the mic, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> drop, drop the mic, Kevin. That was really good. Yeah, it was really wow. good. Like, I'm really surprised. Come oh, once a year, you know. Yeah. I'm really up. surprised. Uh, you didn't hit your head too hard back uh, when you almost <laughs> died. So it's like, you still got a few. I think it made me smart. A few marbles left in there, right? Rattled yeah. them a bit. But uh, it makes me think of this this course I recently did, actually. It talks about the context of care. And it was, it was, super, it was super interesting because they went through didn't matter the therapy mod- uh, modality, didn't matter the, the therapist type, or they were, let's say that use an example of chiropractic, but you know, there's like, over the years, there's been a gazillion different techniques and claims that this technique is better. That's even within the chiropractic profession. Okay, well, let's back up to osteopathy. There's this technique, there's that technique, right? And it's so interesting because, you know, physiotherapy, same thing, this, you know, we can go, we can go endless each, even within each the, discipline, even within each discipline. And what the research is actually showing is it's, it's all communication and context, which is what's with, with this, it's this, it's the experience you're providing the, you know, like you say the the client, the expectations, the listening, right. Less of the actual technique and more of, you know, listening doing what you know prioritizing what needs to be done explaining and the outcomes are are fascinating right it's so funny because <laughs> i remember when i was uh, doing my thesis one of my one of my you know colleagues at school they were doing a palpation their their thesis all in palpation and their study they ran was a, a, a person laid down on the table and they have uh, students, therapists, uh, and teacher, no, I guess students and therapists, if you want to call them that, would walk up, look over the client, the patient on the table, and and simply write, is the right ASIS superior, equal, or inferior to the left ASIS? That was it. That was the study. Yeah. And the results of the study were like, it was like 50, 50. I don't think it was, I think it was superior or inferior. Yeah. Like, and I think it was like almost dead on 50, 50, yeah. which exactly proves to your point that it's not the technique because we could treat the same client in three different ways and the outcome can be three different ways as well. It really comes down to, do oh, they trust you? Yeah. Do they believe in the process? 
do they trust that they're going to get better? Yes. And can you educate them and empower them enough to assure them that this is something they can come over and, and get rid of this negative self-talk and have them yeah. understand the role they play in their health? Yeah. That, is the, what, that is the best way to get the outcomes what, you're looking for. What is igniting the innate ability of the body to heal, right? To yes. auto-regulate. What is creating that environment for you know that will cast or will mm. mold the body towards health right so it's like it's it's interesting right so we you're right we we we, we talk about this all the time but it's not that you know it, it, these techniques are important right the clinical uh, expertise are very they're they're important we're not saying they're not but it's the context and how you deliver the message that yeah. are uh, we'll say as equally important and if not maybe more right awesome absolutely all right boys i think that was a good yeah. recap on uh on uh, doing a bit less to achieve more. Right? Yes. yes. So, um, uh, as always, you can reach us at osteometrship.com. Um, yeah, right it, now. Let's plug the uh, we, yeah, shameless the, plug. Shameless plug. If, as it stands right now, the MBO program yes, is, is live. live. Yes. Osteometrship.com forward slash MBO. Yeah. Masters in Business for Osteopaths. Eight week program yeah. online. There's some right. cool bonuses there too for people that sign up right away. First so people, yeah, uh, check it out, and yeah. uh, we look forward to talking to you guys next week. Yeah, uh, please all again. The, all the information is there. Check it out. Yeah, we've got uh, you know we've got uh, it, it outlines everything. Um, there's uh, there's it's an eight week live interactive where we will be involved. We're going to be teaching. There's going to be Q and A's. Yep. There's going to be hot seat. We're going to guide you guys weekly Q and A's. We're going to guide you guys through the entire process um, and how you can uh, quickly and reliably build a wait list practice. What are we covering? What's some of the modules there? Sean, you're on a roll here, buddy. What do you got? Well, we we cover the client experience. We cover the art of selling osteopathy, all the marketing, the systems and procedures that go into running a successful business. And this is good for whether you're a solo practitioner, you're a student. If you're still in school, this is actually the best time to apply these these these, principles to, the ground to train these, you know, to train and apply these principles, uh, whether you're a, you know, a, a you know, in a first few years in practice, this stuff is, is going to help you get to where you want to be to scale your business to the le- next level. You get access to us 57 plus years of combined experience. Um, we like to have fun and we're going to have fun during this course. Uh, we, but, uh, you're going to see it's, uh, we, we're going to be there to help you and guide you every step of the way. And uh, we look forward to seeing you guys in the program. So you can head over to osteomentorship.com forward slash MBO. Join, enroll now. There, we will close the doors, I believe, uh, early October. So head over there. Head over there now, and we look forward to having you in our first class. It's going to be fun. All right, guys. Talk later. Peace. Ciao. Thanks for checking out this episode. We hope you learned something, or not. And if you haven't already, subscribe here to the Osteo Connection wherever you're listening. And hey, it would mean the world to us if you would rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts. And if you're still listening at this point, thanks, Mom. And if you're offended how much we've made fun of Jason, tune in next week and be sure to share with a friend.